Z06 pricing is that why you pulled? Do you want to pull that? I have up? some random news things pulled up, and then we have. We uh, also, we have I also want to, I also want to make everybody very depressed. Oh, good. I want to inform people while, while how how much how little control they have over their own emotions and actions. I mean, that's what we're here for. Yeah. What up, folks? Welcome to the Smoking Tire Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Freedom Grooming. You know what I like about Freedom Grooming? Everything. Whether you're shaving your face or your head, the Flex Series Electric Razor is for you. It's uniquely designed to flex and contour to the curve of your face and head for a smoother, faster, and safer shave without the risk of nicks, cuts, irritation, or ingrown hairs. Freedom Grooming's products work anywhere on the body. They are targeted to the bald community. That's right. The bald and balding people. I recommend shaving your head. If you're starting to go bald, Commit, dude. Aerodynamic. It's smooth. It's low maintenance. It's great. You can use soap on your head. You don't need shampoo or conditioner anymore. Body wash for everything. Being bald rules, and Freedom Grooming knows it. They're proudly supporting the hair-free customers and their journey to baldhood. Baldhood is actually written here. It's awesome. Get the smoothest shave of your life with the flexible blades contouring to the shape of your head for a baby smooth shave every time. The Flex Series Electric Shaver can cover 50% more hair in a single stroke compared to traditional razors. Expect shave times of two to three minutes for your whole head. You'll never cut yourself shaving again because the Flex Series Safeguard technology means no nicks, no ingrown hairs, and no problems. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower with or without shaving cream, wet or dry. I love it. So stop deli slicing your scalp with traditional razors. Try Freedom today or get it as a gift with your exclusive 20% off coupon by going to freedomgrooming.com slash tire. That's freedomgrooming.com slash tire. Delightful. I have been using it on my head, and it is an excellent, excellent product. I have not cut myself. Really like the freedom grooming uh, stuff. It curves. Your head is curved. Mm -hmm. Why would you use a straight thing on a curved head? Just saying. We're also brought to you today in part by HelloFresh. Farm-free, pre-portioned ingredients, seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You can choose for up to 55 weekly options with pre-portioned high-quality ingredients picked at peak ripeness. HelloFresh will deliver fresh quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week so you can savor the flavors right at home. Skip the grocery store, spend more time soaking up that summer sun. HelloFresh is a one-stop shop for all of your mealtime needs with quick breakfast, lunches, snacks, desserts, and more. If you're going away this summer, update your delivery address. Have it brought to you where you are. Enjoy it at your vacation destination with just a click or pause the plan, wait till you get home, restart it when you get home. It's foolproof. The recipes are step-by-step. Very easy to read those cards, those big color photograph uh, recipe cards, nice big fonts. You don't have to go flipping through books or anything. Just throw that card out on the table. Boom. Meals will be ready in 30 minutes. This says 30 minutes or less. In my experience, it's 30 minutes or so. 
We're not splitting hairs here. I'm not saying that they're not honest. It's probably 30 minutes. Once you have all the ingredients laid out on the table and the oven or whatever is like already warm, it's probably 30 minutes from that point. But the point is, when I'm cooking from scratch at home, it's probably an hour. If I have to go to the grocery store, now we're talking an hour and a half, right? So it's much, much faster than your standard go to the grocery store and start a meal from scratch type of thing. The food is very tasty. It's great. I've kept a bunch of those recipe cards like I talked about to make them in quantity for people. Like if I'm having a party, like HelloFresh, I get the meals for two, right, for me and my wife. But I could easily multiply that recipe by four or six if I was having a big party. Some of these dishes would really scale nicely. So go to HelloFresh.com slash SmokingTire16 and use code SmokingTire16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. A lot of words in there. HelloFresh.com slash SmokingTire16. That's how they know you came from us. Code SmokingTire16. That's how you save the money. 16 free meals and three free gifts is what you get. HelloFresh.com slash SmokingTire16. Code SmokingTire16. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. Also brought to you in part today by our official ticket fighting sponsor. Off the record is here. You get pulled over. You plead guilty. Here's what happens. You get fines. Your insurance company finds out. Your insurance goes up. You keep paying for that ticket over and over every time you get an insurance bill. It stinks. The process is awful, and it's not designed to keep you safe. It's designed to keep you economically shackled to the insurance company, the police, and the court system. Don't plead guilty, folks. Get off the record. Download the app. Have it ready on your phone. Use code TST10 on that off the record app or go to offtherecord.com slash TST the very second you get a ticket. And all you have to do is take a photo of the ticket. It uploads it to Off the Record. Off the Record matches you with an attorney in your area. They cover 97% of the drivers in the U.S. The attorney's qualified. They're going to fight that ticket. And if they don't get those points off your record, you don't pay. It's a money-back guarantee. Get those points off your record. Don't pay the court. Don't pay insurance companies more than you have to. It's all a scam, and you don't need to be involved in it. Offtherecord.com slash TST or code TST10 on the Off The Record app. Save you 10% on any of Off The Record's already affordable legal services. What's up, everybody? Happy Monday. It's Monday morning. It's... Ah... Man, what did I even do this weekend? Oh, you, so we, this weekend was interesting. Uh, went to Malibu with the wife, and I've been riding motorcycles to Bills on Sunday to to not deal with. We talked about that in the last show. The yeah, strategy more for dealing in every way, right? Motors, they they don't the 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 security guards they just wave the motorcycles right in. Yeah, you're not sports the cars. You are a problem. Motorcycles, not a problem. Also, EVs. So I went with the went with the wife. Wife doesn't like to ride on the back of motorcycles. I don't blame her. I don't really like riding with passengers anyway. It kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so we took the Ford, right? You go use the charger. Mustang. Yep. Yep. Went uh, one for two on chargers. First plug, no bueno. Second plug, 
No problemo. Like no signal, no problemo? Or? The first plug was just charge error. Error error communicating. And then the second, you know, each each unit has two. Right. So I tried number one, fail. Number two, right. success. I mean, if your batting average was 50% in baseball, you'd be a rock star. Right, right. If your batting average is fueling a vehicle as 50%, right. if it's If it's landing terrible. plane successfully, it's horrible. not as good. Um, Somewhere in the middle. Fortunately, did not have to. I didn't have to move to a different charger. I hate that when you have to get mm-hmm. back in the car and move to a different charger. For, fortunately, it was just unplug one and then plug in the other one. And I've got that um, the plug and charge thing now installed, which is one of those things that's like everyone on Twitter's like they should just do that. Well, they've done it. Ford Ford has done it. I don't know who else has done it. I haven't researched it extensively. And that's where you just plug it in and it starts charging because it's connected to your account and Correct. all the other stuff. It's right? where you use the app on your phone. You load your credit card into the app. And at Electrify America, EV Go and EV Connect, you just plug into the car. You don't do anything else, and it just starts charging. No credit card readers, no RFID tags, no pulling up the app and hitting start. You just plug and go. So when it worked, it worked. So that was good. But when we arrived at Malibu, the lot was open at 8.30 a.m. There were sheriffs there. Well, that's what I thought. That's why I went to the charger anyway. You see a big net above it. That's why. I, that's why with eighty percent charge, I still went to the charger, even though if in case in case it was a trap. Um, parts of the lot were still blocked off. The part in front of Bills was still blocked off because that's one landlord. The part closest to PCH by the bridge, the little that first part, mm-hmm. blocked off. But the main lot was not blocked off. Okay. And the security guards, it seemed, I was like, what's going on? It seems there has been a partial surrender. Uh, or, or at least a truce or a um, stalemate. Compromise. Of some Let's kind. Compromise. Now, it seems like they open, like there's been a partial surrender. So like cars were coming in. Like people didn't really know. Everyone was kind of like hesitant. And we were watching, but but it was like mellow. It was fine, you know. Eventually, some like straight pipe Lambo showed up, and uh, oh, I should mute my computer. Apologies. And um, and uh, and a uh, a Tesla Plaid with uh, with no license plates and a fraudulent carpool lane access sticker was pulled over and ticketed in the uh, in the lot. Um, so I, I do not recommend going there at all unless your car, at least on the surface, like meets is legal. I wouldn't go there with limo tents. I wouldn't go there with straight pipes. I certainly wouldn't go there with no plates on the car. Wow. You're going to get a ticket. And I would not go there with fraudulent carpool lane access. When did, when did they stop issuing those Like stickers? 2017. Yeah. This car is a 2022 fucking model year car with a carpool lane access sticker on it. Like, that's straight fraud, homie. Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> And Sometimes the police do a good thing. And I thing. saw the car maneuvering, and I pointed out to my wife, uh, I was like, watch this guy's hands, because he's fucking maneuvering with this dumb yoke. And she's like, what is he doing with his hands? And I was like, he's trying to maneuver he's trying the to car find his steering with wheel. half a steering wheel. And then 12 seconds later, whoop, whoop, 
and then fucking pull. He didn't. He could, there was nowhere to pull over. He was in the middle of the parking lot. I mean, did, did the cop even have to move his vehicle, or he just hit the siren? The cop just the came around from the other side. Wow, it was so funny. They spotted it from across the lot. They're like, "That's not okay." Yeah, you can't drive with no plates anymore. Yeah, like, that's not that. The law was. They caught on. The law changed. Like you could get away with that for a long time. You can't anymore. And then they did the while you're in there, and the cop went, "Oh, you also have a fraudulent H O H O V lane sticker." Fraudulent carpool assholes sticker. So funny. Why if they'll start writing tickets for Montana plates there? If they keep seeing the same cars, if they keep seeing the same car, I mean, they, that would be they could. Yeah, I mean, they they you're, if you if you're in California, you're supposed to register your cars in California, and so if 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 they keep seeing the same cars over and over, um, they could. You know, they they definitely could. Um, so, but but it seems like there's a partial partial truce of some kind going on uh, up there. That's we'll keep, good. We'll keep people updated. And, uh, you know, it, it just seems like a, something that can be worked out if yeah. all the sides have a similar agenda or goal. Yeah. You know. Fucking let people show up at 7 and right. have coffee, and they'll probably leave by 10. It's not that interesting that you're going to spend six hours there. But if you block it off until 10, then they're going to be there till 12, and now your shoppers are But annoying. it does seem like it's gotten so popular that there's, like— this constant ingress egress like it fills and then you see people circling yeah it flows so i think it's like you'd have to have a hard time a hard end time announced and everyone knows about it which yeah. would probably take like a month to really permeate through the community there's and also like, like get out of here at 10. there's also more uh official events now like malibu cars and coffee like the actual one is back on like paradise cove is on like there's this other one up in westlake somewhere that i'm Blanking on the, the name of it. Supercar one at the mall we used to go to. No, it's a it's a different one. It's called. Hang on, I'll I'll find it. It's um. Well, there's more games in town, which is there's good. just more um. There's more I uh to do. It's called. What is this thing called? Oh, that there is a Supercar Sunday. Yes, there's Supercar Sunday. Uh, Piazza Gran Turismo, that's one. What's this one? The Grand uh, Touring Plaza. Yeah, right. They all got they all got fucking names. Uh, oh, County Line Cars and Coffee. That one is at uh, second Saturday of the month at the shops at Westlake in Westlake Village. I may have to mm. check that one out. Soon. Okay, that one seems like um, it seems pretty mellow. Um, but so uh, you know, but. P- <laughs> it was weird. I had to explain what was going on to like a whole bunch of people up there. They were like, I don't get it. I'm so confused. I'm here from out of town. I thought this was bad. Well, I came to get a sweater. And yeah. then they were all like, what did you bring? I was like, I don't bring cars here anymore. I come to eat the bagels. Like I'm, I'm over bringing a car here. <laughs> they were so disappointed. <laughs> Tell me about a Mustang. Yeah, right. Um, uh, let's see. So that's that. Cross it off my list. I have a list of things to talk about today. Um I uh, was talking to Donnie yesterday, and I read this the new issue of uh, Haggerty Magazine. Aaron uh-huh. Robinson, our pal, did a great story on the, the Countach. He drove all three uh, generations of Countach. Ooh. Uh, there's, more than th- there's more than three, really. There's really like five generations of Countach. But he drove the three, the three majors, uh, the, the 400 Periscopo, the, the QV like I've got, and then the Anniversary. And uh, there's this guy who owns all three of these things, and he's got like a Countach shop Whoa. somewhere in uh, the Midwest. Fort Collins, Colorado. Gentleman's name is Victor Holtorf. 
and he seems like he knows a lot about Countach. I would hope so. He really does. And, um, you know, Donnie's got mine right now to fix the window. But he, but then he's he, he did a while you're in there because the alarm the the fucking shit pile aftermarket alarm that was installed probably in 1992 <laughs> was causing the fucking thing to go haywire. You can't start it. It's a it's an immobilizer. So if the fucking alarm's going off, it won't it won't start. So he's trying to get rid of that. But then I'm reading this article and it's a great article. It's probably like 12 pages, um, and and Aaron uh, talks about. Um, let's see, really towards the end of the article. Uh, again, the QV chassis has a certain grace to its movements, even if the steering is much heavier than the earlier cars owing to the fatter front tires. Uh, Holtorf explained that the suspension doesn't use conventional rubber bushings, but racing-type uniball and heim joints with plastic inserts to reduce friction. Over time, these wear out and impart a rattly looseness to the ride, uh, to the ride and handling that many drivers mistake for bad or antiquated engineering. Hmm. I think I have started to feel that. Oh shit! I feel. I think just like the Ferrari, that the Lambo. <laughs> And I and I talked to to Donnie about that, and and I was like, look, maybe you just finish the Ferrari, don't get distracted with the Lamborghini, give me the Ferrari back so I can enjoy it, and then and then we go to town on the red car because the red car, we we're actually going to have to pull the engine out because even I I got it in 2018 the with a major service that had been done. Mm-hmm. But they didn't do like a great job. Like the it's it leaked oil. It's leaked oil every day since then. Like it's not like a ton, but like it, there's drips under are the car. They, but are are they known for that? Like genuine? Not question. when the fucking engine gets rebuilt and there should have all new gaskets and seals. Okay, because I mean, sometimes there's just like a, a manufacturing if you, error. No, no, no. If, error well, the like, manufacturing error suck. was the valves, and okay. it's had the valves, the valve, the, the fifty thousand dollar valve job. It had that, but it's always leaked oil, and it sh- it shouldn't have, and it's been four years. I've done about 8,500 kilometers on it since I bought it, and I've been waiting to, to Donnie's a couple times been like, can we pull the fucking engine out? This thing's leaking oil off my floor. <laughs> and, you, you know, he'll, he's going to he'll give me a good, good price on it. He won't rake me over the coals like some other places would. But he's like, I just know that when I did what, he's like, I just know I'm going to find cut corners in this fucking car. You find more stuff. And he's like, we we should probably unfuck it. He's like, are you committed to the car? You know, are, is this a, a kind of a keeper car for you? I'm like, yes. And he's like, well then, you know, we should probably unfuck it. So like, while it's up there, you know, he, and by the way, he he pulled apart the door and the cable that opens the window was totally snapped. So he's he was, like Morgan Freeman in Seven, where he goes to one crime scene and he goes, something bigger is going yeah. on here. And, every, and there's like seven chapters to his maintenance. Yeah. So, but the next paragraph in the article, right? Here's the next paragraph in the article, which is where it gets fucking scary. Which is why owners who take their car in for something minor are so often presented with unexpectedly gonzo repair estimates. If the mechanic is willing to do the whole job, many aren't or can't, he'll walk the owner under the car and demonstrate how the sloppy joints clank and twist as the wheels are tugged. From there, 
The bills rain down like hellfire. This is great. <laughs> uh, worn joints plus fat, sticky tires usually past their replacement dates cause lousy handling in poorly maintained cars, which is most cars. As do incorrect aftermarket shocks, worn, weakened coil springs, and other changes. Stock is always best. According to Victor Hol Holthoff. Stock in perfect condition or new condition. I mean, yeah, you 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 know you you got to maintain the car like mm -hmm. it's supposed yeah. to be maintained, and so now that this car is worth you know a lot more than I paid for it, I've really spent very little money maintaining it. I mean, not I haven't cheaped out, but I haven't just needed oil changes. I haven't done anything but right. put tires on it and change the fucking oil well, since I got so it. It's, if it's time, it's more acceptable. Yeah. Um, Oh, I, I had to pay Donnie to fix the distribute the electric. Uh, oh yeah. So that that stemmed from an oil leak. Oil had seeped in through the seal into the distributor and gunked up the distributor, which is why it took a shit. As so we, we'll, as so, Donnie repeatedly demonstrates, this shit cascades. Right. Of course, a problem somewhere will eventually trickle to other places. Yeah. Uh, so if he did engine out, would he do engine out, major engine service, plus all the bushings, plus all the suspension? So that's going to, it's basically what. Um, that's what you did in the Ferrari. Well, yeah, and it's basically, except the engine doesn't have to come out in the Ferrari. Oh. But, uh, and getting the engine out, it's very, very few people have the hoist because the engine and trans come out together through the top. Oh, man. Very few people have the hoist for that. Donnie has the hoist. Why? Because he's at an airport and it's an airplane hoist that you use. No to do shit. It. <laughs> Whoa. So he's like, no problem. I got a fucking hoist. We're wow. Gonna. So uh, it's actually what Harry Metcalf is in the middle of right now. I'm going to watch his video later today. His Countach is in a complete engine, trans, and suspension rebuild. I'm hoping we don't have to rebuild. I don't, you know. Yeah. But he wants to replace all the seals um, and clean everything like it's supposed to be fucking cleaned. You know, because we take got, many photos when the engine's out. Yeah, like and because it, it's ooh, if yes. it, when it gets leaky, now now everything's messy. Right. So you know, and when it's clean, if it leaks from somewhere, you know where it's leaking from. So which is helpful. Bad news, it's going to be expensive. Good news, yeah. knowing Donnie's work schedule, I'll have a year to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> you have a payment plan with him that's not intentional. Uh, yeah, but but if I have a fresh Ferrari to drive in the interim. You know, it's okay. Right. That's your it's holdover. Okay. It's the, that's it's your loaner. It's the interim car. This is a long play. It's a long play on this one. And I understand. You know, totally. It just, it kind of needs doing. The, the the major service it had before I bought the car, they didn't touch the suspension. For all I know, the suspension is completely original and stock. Right. And as we've just seen, and the video, we haven't put the video on the YouTube channel. We've, we have visual aids from Donnie's, what happens to 30-year-old Italian bushings Oh, my God. They're fucked. Really. They're super fucked. They're, they were like frozen on, but also falling apart, <laughs> yeah. which is an interesting combination. <laughs> yeah. Like they're flimsy, but also solid. Yeah. It's like, it's, yeah. So anyway, that's, uh, that, when I read this article, I was like, ooh, boy, does that sound familiar. That was an expensive read. <laughs> it was a costly magazine. This magazine was four ninety nine plus. Right. Whatever. At least they sent me two copies. Um, and I do like I do like the magazine. It is a nice uh, a nice uh, thing. Should we talk about Hyundai's concept car? Yeah. Um, the Envision seventy four. Not a good name for a car. Don't. That's not. But it fucking. 
took over my Instagram totally. last week. Completely took over my Instagram. And I have I have understood I understand why. Do you know why it took over Instagram? It's Jajaro. This it's not it's not literally Jajaro, but if you did a highlight reel and like retro futured every George successful Giorgetto Jajaro car, like this is what you'd have. Yeah. If you put together like the DeLorean, there's a lot of DeLorean in it. You know, the Isuzu Impulse, um, the Lancias of that period, the Lancia Beta, the Lancia 037. Uh, if you threw in a little bit of uh, first gen Toyota Celica Supra. Yep. Right? Yeah, especially if, the back three quarter. Yeah. So, like, if you if you retro futured all that, you would end up with this car. Like it is some some Nissan 300ZX, you know, from the from that period, um, and it it really uh, has a lot of the highlights of what you would what people find appealing about Giorgetto Giugiaro designs. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and it so, looks like part movie car, part race car. Yeah. I mean, the, the profile, it's like, uh, I don't know, DeLorean plus WRC a little bit. The side intakes are very cool. Well, look, it's what I mean, works, right? Box flares work. Right. You know, um, that long hood, short deck works. The relatively simple design but with a kind of squinty mouth like a DeLorean or like a Lancia Delta uh, that or Isuzu Impulse like yeah that, small that frontal works. area yeah uh, which you is harder to find these days because of crash standards so that's also why it looks so sexy right and then this big ass aggressive wing on it but like you know you can find there's so many DeLorean elements in that like mm -hmm. the the black line running horizontally through the middle um, you know, if you overlay that with a silhouette of a DeLorean, it's pretty close. Uh, yeah, it's, the greenhouse is a little taller, which I actually like. And then uh, these side intakes remind me of the uh, Renault R5. Turbo. Yes, Renault yeah. R5 or or a uh, uh, or yeah, really any of those '80s Group B where they where they put where they turned a hatchback into a mid-engine car. Yeah. It's like it's like that. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, but it it and then didn't they release another? concept like yeah but this one was later. this one was like so good no one gave a shit about the other <laughs> one yeah this was this to make rad. up for that new ionic six that they just launched that looks like a sad fish mm. you know that one the ionic six ionic has a q in it saccharine well it doesn't when you're typing quickly just go to the images it looks like a, it looks like a droopy fish Oh yeah, it's like an EQS. Yeah, 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 but with a stranger face. Yeah, and the rear, the, it has this weird kind of double, double decker wing on the back. That's like not great. It's yeah, a, it's that's a curious thing. Well, look, it's aerodynamic. It's very you know aerodynamic. what I mean? That's that's. Uh, I understand why all cars are going to kind of look like this or crossovers. Yeah, but it's a, it's such a to go go back to the other concept. That is, I don't know if it's aerodynamic. I don't know if the styling works. I don't know if it'll meet crash standards. Right. But it that looks like someone took a car from the '80s and built like a Gatabil car out of it. Yeah, it does. And what does what's funny about design study is it doesn't matter if it fits crash standards and all these other things. It just needs to like inspire. Well, one, advertise the brand, get people stoked on it, and yeah. then 
they may make something that is inspired by this and has some of the elements of it. Like we don't know if it'll become a car or not. I mean, coupes yeah. are harder and harder to find, but Hyundai is kicking ass and taking names with design and, and building cool stuff. Like Ionic Ford's 5 looks shit. awesome. And there's yeah. certainly elements of Ionic 5, especially in the, the, the nose, front, the yeah. lights. Um, it's, it's an incredibly successful concept, but I was thinking about, you know, just over the weekend, like, why is it a successful concept? I was like, oh, yeah, it's successful because it looks like Giorgetto Giugiaro did it. Mm -hmm. That's And, like, everything he did looked awesome. Yeah, it looks like an 80s, like a tough 80s coupe. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, I don't That's know. I cool. like it. Yeah. But it was, man, did it blow up my fucking Instagram it was over everywhere. the weekend. Yeah. Uh, had dinner last night with uh, Professor uh, Missy Cummings. Oh, cool. Uh, she was in town for a thing. I can't, I, I promised her that I wouldn't talk about any, anything we talked about at dinner was uh, off the record, but we had an interesting chat about stuff. You know, her, she's got a, this advisory position at NHTSA now. Right. Basically, uh, do you remember those, those incredibly shameful uh, congressional hearings where senators tried to like, Ask Mark Zuckerberg about Facebook, yeah. and remember how like embarrassing it was that these like octogenarians just didn't fucking know shit, and they so obviously had like their interns write them a couple of questions. Yes, but then when they when Zuckerberg like ducked the question, they had no follow up because they didn't understand what they were even asking. It's her job to make. <laughs> NHTSA not be those octogenarians. Oh, okay. Teach the government how to talk about uh, EVs safety, and EVs, safety yeah. and what the manufacturers mean when they say this and what they say when they mean this. She's and, the translator between right. you know the legislative body so, and the OEMs. Right. So it's let's just say she's one of the good ones, and we should all be happy that she has this gig right Yeah, now. I mean, if, for anyone who has not listened to that show with her, that was amazing. Right. I mean, she was a uh, fighter pilot, I think the first yeah, F female F-18 fighter pilot, yeah. and then she went and run, ran the robotics division of Duke University, professor mm. there. She knows all about flight, complexity, programming, automation, all that stuff. And yeah. It was such a cool discussion about why building autonomous cars is so challenging, even though, yes, you know, everyone throws around like, but we can build rocket ships yeah. and planes. Like, that's not hard. It's like, she and she said, like, it's harder to build an AV yeah. than it and is And she to can't be on the show right now because of her government job that's like, they're mutually exclusive. But when her government job is over in six more months, because it's a temporary job, it always was, it was always going to be, uh, she said she'll come back on the show. And we had a very interesting con co conversation about uh, drone warfare, um, and 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 I'm not going to say it here because I said I wouldn't, but also because I want to have it again with yeah. her in person because it she made me think about a lot of things that I wouldn't normally have thought about uh, with, with drone warfare. And so, um, super interesting. So anyway, I went down to, I took the Ford down to Garden Grove because she was- My favorite Sublime song. Right. Uh, she. I took the Ford down to Garden I took this trip oh, to Garden Grove. Yeah. Yeah. Smelled Couldn't like Lou Dogg. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, this fucking charger system. My Blue Cruise is not working. Milwaukee still not working. There's no OTA update. It's still doing the thing where every 15 seconds it prompts me to put my hands on the wheel. Well, what's funny about this whole thing is like we went to Colorado and we drove the Lightning, and then you drove something else, and you're like, it's like two Ford products that had 
and the uh, Blue Cruise was operating differently than your car. And yeah. you're like, how come in this car it does this, but in this other one, in my car it does this? And like, that's not supposed to happen. Right. So the, the Lightning, I was able to use Blue Cruise for 20 minutes without intervening. Uh, no hand, you know, hands were rested on my knees um, at one point because I have a column coming out in Road and Track about uh, what are hands-free systems good for if not to text and drive because that's the unsaid part of all this is that that's really what we I think they're for. Um, and they won't tell you that because they can't tell you that. Um, but uh, and the, I don't know when that column is coming out, but I turned it in last week. Um but 20 minutes, hands-free in the lightning on freeways, right? And it worked pretty well. It was pretty good. Um, and uh, I used Blue Cruise also with the Cadillac Escalade in New York to test it. But then I came home, and I activated for the first time ever Blue Cruise in my Mach-E. And it it would not it didn't work the same. And I was like, well, the, the lightning is a 2022 or 2023. Am I, is it 23? The Lightning? Uh, I don't know if it's 22 or 23. I don't know either. But either way, my Mach-E was a a 20 sold as a 21 in 21, right? And it it just made me keep my hands on the wheel the whole time, really. Every 10 seconds, it would say, put your hands on the wheel. And it had a little torque sensor. So you could just kind of like tug the wheel for like a quarter second and the warning would go away 10 seconds later it would come back on so i asked mike levine at ford like why does mine do this and this to this he's like because yours is broken he's like yours isn't working (laughs) and it continues to not work which is kind of frustrating because i keep trying to use it on all these different highways not like because i need it but like i just Wanted to see if it if it fixes itself or maybe if it learns enough. I don't I don't know, but it doesn't. It's not working. So it's a hardware or software issue. If I took a guess, I would guess that my driver monitoring camera is not working because that is the thing that it tells you to do is what it would tell you to do if the camera couldn't see you or you were playing with your right. phone or that kind of thing. It's not. It's not telling me to take over because it can't figure out the lines. It's like straight road, clear lines, clear day. It's like it's almost like it can't see me. Yeah, you might have a bad sensor. Yeah, that'd be nice if it was a, if it was an easy fix like that. So the the Maki, I'm developing quite a long list of software things that have gone wrong and some hardware things. It's fortunate that nothing has ever left me stranded. Yeah. Like, it's never refused to start or drive or anything like that. Right. I mean, the first day you had it, the whole screen blanked out, right? But it, the, That it didn't kept stop working. it from driving. Right, right. But, but, um, but, yeah, I mean, it's – when you're an early adopter, uh, and I think – and my car, I think, is in the first 500 cars built. It's mm-hmm. very, very low VIN uh, for Mach-E. <laughs> um, it, you know, I mean, this is why, like, most of the time we tell people to not buy a car the first year it comes out. Yeah. The first year a new idea is rolled out of the factory, like, there's going to be some issues. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to call uh, the dealer later today and see if that's something that, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, if they've heard of. Yeah. Get a new sensor. Yeah, they have no idea how to work on these cars. Well, they, they're... One, they don't have text, right? Well, yeah. Well, one thing I did talk about that that I can that has nothing to do with anything with what I talked about with Missy last night was because she has she had no Machi experience, so she was asking me to show her in the car, and she was like, "What's the difference between this and like a Tesla?" And I was like, "Well, this is built well. 
like it's screwed together tight like you know it feels like a really high quality product but the software is a little eh, and the dealers don't have the first clue how to work on any of them whereas Teslas are built like absolute dog shit but their software works pretty good uh, excluding full self-driving but the the actual the UI software works pretty good and if you bring one to a Tesla service station they probably have somebody there that knows how to work on it yeah whereas Ford techs are like no we don't know what is going like on. That's the first one they've seen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did she know about the differences between like the driver monitoring system styles and the radar cruise styles between? Yeah. The, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I she was, I was like, yeah, my blue cruise isn't working. She's like, really? Show me. And so we went out on the highway, and I showed her. She's like, yeah, that's not working. That's not supposed to be doing that. It's like, All right. Cool. Confirmed. <laughs> Has she, as part of her job, like had to test? You know every different version. She's used out there. them all. Yeah, Got she's it. used them all. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, we'll t- we'll talk to her more about that when she comes in. That'll be yeah. really awesome. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Z06 pricing is that why you pulled? You want to pull? That I up? have some random news things pulled up, and then we have. We uh, also. We have I also want to. I also want to make everybody very depressed. Oh, good. I want to inform people while what how how much how little control they have over their own emotions and actions. I mean, that's what we're here for. Yeah. Uh, we can do Z06 first. What does that say? Oh, God. oh this right. is our That's social our media report. Yeah. Okay. Um, um, basically, some people were surprised that the Z06 is going to cost over a hundred thousand dollars. Why? I don't know. I think I, when I, think I saw the pricing, Chevy, I thought I was like, "Wow, that's cheap." Um, so basically, what did you do? They people who were surprised that a Z06 costs under over a hundred grand have no idea what the real world transaction prices are for. Regular C8s. I think that's right. Like, so this one's going to start at 106,000, and then it, you know you can add packages, 2LT, all these different things, uh, up to it says 127. I think is high. I think you can get this thing up to about 150, 160 grand. I, I think you're if right. If you get like, everything, if you get carbon wheels, yeah, uh, you know, 10, 10 Gs on top. So like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff. But 100, 100 to 100. By the way, visible carbon, visible carbon wheels Sorry. for 11 Gs is cheap. Right, I'm sorry. It's it's a lot of money, but for what you're getting, it's cheap. Um, and this car, even fully loaded, is about a third of the price of a Ferrari 488 yeah. or F8. Yeah, a third. Like, and oh, by the way, it's not. You know, it's got a bunch of things that that car doesn't have. Yeah, <laughs> like straight up. And it, we know from the regular one, it handles great. Yeah, it rides great. Yeah, everything works well. It's comfortable. It'll sound awesome. I mean, you're getting so much fucking car. I think, I think uh, people are upset because when the car, when the C8 first came out, there were either rumors or Chevy hinted that it would cost under a hundred for Z06s, but. Yeah, it's, it's so much car. Like once they said we're developing our own flat plane crank engine, that you should not have assumed that anymore. Yeah, it wasn't going to be the that. previous Z06 engines were like much closer to the what LT4 that came in the regular C7. Right. So it wasn't as big a jump. I mean, this is a lot. A lot of development went into that flat plane crank engine. Yeah, I'm just I'm not surprised at all. I think it's I think it's still a great value, and I, I I'm not, I didn't. I thought it would be more. I thought it would start at like 120, honestly, um, and I think they would get it with yeah. with the number of pre-orders. You know, the, with the number, like I I feel like they could have started at 120 and they'd still get it. 
I'm glad they didn't. I mean, that's a ton of car for, you know, whatever, 110 to 150. Yeah. It, there's, uh, I don't know, not a lot in that market competing it's, with it. It's, good. it's benchmarked the 458 Special, which, as of last checking, is trading hands at 400 grand, <laughs> and it's a seven-year-old car. Jeez. So, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not shocked. I think it's going to be a lot of car for the money. I think it's going to be a lot of car, period. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to drive great. I mean, I in in the history of Corvettes, would I've ever considered a Z06 convertible? No, but now would I? Yes, it's Spider because it's awesome. Yeah, the Corvette convertible was great, and we saw. I think it was a Z06 at SEMA. They had like yeah. the design buck or whatever out there, and it looked better than the regular C8. It just be, the way the fenders flared out, like it all just looked better, and uh, it seemed like they may have designed the Z06 first and then trimmed it all down for the regular C8. Yeah, do you have a custom material? I heard the doorbell. I have it's a, U, a UPS person, but Adam is on it downstairs. It's ooh, it's a it's a big box. Don't know what it is, but it's a big it's a big old box. Um, and then someone uh, I want to get their name because it was a, a patron. Did you do uh, Dave Kenwood? Uh, heard our last podcast talking about what happened with speeding and driver safety and whatnot mm. in during the COVID lockdown of 2020. And so there were some Some states done. and car brands have better uh, drivers than others. Okay. Let's see. Let's, I haven't read this yet, but let's see who's got... Uh, this well, is from... It's broken into bullet points. Oh, good. Okay. Um, thankfully. Oh, shout out to the brand with the safest drivers, Volvo. Shocking. Yeah. Absolutely shocking. Uh, 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 largest... done by Insurify and Quote Wizard. Just online shopping tools. Um, Ram truck drivers have the lar- largest percentage of at-fault accidents in 2022, followed closely by Subaru. Remember Volkswagen, uh, Mazda, and Hyundai round out the top. Vinny five. found that info, info that was like the vehicle used for DUIs the most was Ram trucks. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we're not talking about the whole uh, vehicle line. Uh, certain models tend to drag down the brand. WRX drivers have a far worse record than Outback or Ascent drivers. Shocking. Uh, troublesome models include the Ram 3500. Volkswagen Atlas, <laughs> Mazda 2, and Hyundai Elantra Coupe. Hmm. I was not expecting the Atlas to be in there. Uh, strong correlation between auto brands with drivers who speed and those with higher numbers of accidents. In other words, brands with heavy-footed drivers are more likely to have uh, higher percentages of at-fault accidents. Um, Bakersfield, California... Uh, population shy of 400,000 as of 2020 was the worst in wow. the study. Uh, worst DUI ranking in the study. Bakersfield beat Sacramento for the bottom spot in the study. Uh, the five worst driving cities had the high number of DUIs. Um, Bakersfield is not surprising to me at all. It's very depressing. Yeah. It's uh, straight, flat roads. It's the kind of place where you go, I could get home. Yeah. Just keep between the whites, man. Minimal public transit. Minimal options for uh, Uber, Lyft, taxis. And pretty low uh, income. You know, it's not a wealthy place. So people would probably drive their own car drunk rather than pay for a taxi or something like that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, drunk driving is bad, but I understand why Bakersfield factors, and Sacramento yeah. would be easy one. The, um, uh, most of the top cities, top 10 worst cities, were in California with mm-hmm. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Jacksonville, Florida, and Salt Lake City, Utah, 
uh, rounding it out. Was not expecting Salt Lake City, Utah. A place with very limited, uh, turns out prohibition of high high alcohol content beer. They're just not, not used working. to it. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. yeah, they're lightweights in Salt, Salt Lake, as it turns out. Cities with the best drivers include Louisville, Kentucky, Hartford, Connecticut, and Little Rock, Arkansas. Hartford, Connecticut is like, uh, is it Hartford or New Haven? I think it's Hartford. It's like the insurance capital of the world. Oh, so a lot of ins- a lot of insurance companies from that part of there. Uh, how interesting! In Louisville, uh, they drive yes. safe because they're all towing a horse. <laughs> they've all got a, they've all got a horse on board in Louisville. Let me see, oh, they had a list. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I can't say I'm surprised. California has a, a terrible public transit. I mean, California is obviously, if you know your geography, is the size of like seven other states put together yeah. at least. And so generalizing California, it's 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 a very purple place politically. And it's 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 a, there's huge disparities in terms of the density of certain places and the uh, the kind of openness of other places. Well, the population you know? of California is thirty nine million. Yeah. So it. Uh, the most people, the second place is Texas, which has 11 million fewer. Yeah. That's yeah. a huge jump. Yeah. So you're going to have a lot more, you know, more people, more uh, probability. Um, yeah. And these were some of the other statistics. Uh, traffic out of fatalities this. rose uh, over 20. Oh, wait, hang on. 2020 compared to 2019. Uh, wait, how do we, how do we, how do we, uh, speeding related crashes were up in 2020 compared to 19, 11%. Rural local collector roads up 11%, nighttime up 11%. Uh, Non-Hispanic black people up 23%. Um, And this was NHTSA's study now. I switched to NHTSA's study from the insurance ones. Just want to clarify that. Um, Occupant ejection is up 20%. People not wearing their seatbelts. It seems like, I mean, this is just me. Unrestrained occupants up 15%. 2020 people went faster. It, wore their seatbelts harder. Le- yeah, people <laughs> wore their seatbelts less. Yeah, just just I mean, yeah. Rollover crashes were up. Alcohol-involved crashes were up. Unrestrained. I mean, yeah. yeah. Twenty twenty people definitely fucking sent it. I'd like to see. I'd like to see the data for twenty one, which mm-hmm. is probably not out yet. Maybe. Um, Maybe not. But um, yeah, the only ones that were down for this were like. Uh, Crashes involving large commercial or non-commercial trucks. So I think like uh-huh. commerce slowed down because everything was locked down. So you just had l- probably fewer large trucks on the road. But people fatalities that among drive, older persons are declined yeah. as well because they are, they were driving less. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Not not shocking. Um, thank you, uh, whoever your name was, patron for your for sharing uh, that. Uh, Dave, Kenwood. Dave Kenwood. Shout out Dave Kenwood. Uh, we'll get back to Patriot, uh, pa- Patreon, <laughs> Patriot, Patriot questions. Patriot questions. Ah, the fucking frogs are turning the gay. America. Question. The only question. Patriot questions. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think is going to control your car once the globalists we need get a, a hold of it? We need, to, we need to redefine the term insurrection, am I right? <laughs> This was just a, really a book club meeting. It's really a gathering. It's a gathering. Of, uh, <laughs> We've all been to a barbecue that went wrong. Yeah. Um, Zach and I um, have a, 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 a company. It's a small company that does um, some of our social media because uh, Zach and I are all on the road. We're doing things. We can't always do our, our posts and stuff uh, with the kind of regularity that we want to from the road uh so we we hired a company to do it it's been six months and so they delivered us 
a, a report what works, mm-hmm. what doesn't work, what we should do in the future. And I wanted to, when we had the call going through the report, I got very depressed. <laughs> you did. Um, <laughs> um, because as we have learned in the past with the YouTuber face and the thumbnails and stuff like that, the things that I like using social media for and feel good about using social media for are not what you people want. They're not what you people engage with. And if you're out there about to listen to this and you go, Matt's not talking about me, fine. I'm not trying to like, we're all stupid monkeys. Like we're all programmable. We're all susceptible to trends and to the strategies that make things work on social media. And if you think it doesn't apply to you, Chances are you're wrong, but it's okay. You don't need to write me a note saying that it doesn't apply to you because we're talking about tens or hundreds of thousands of people aggregated. We're not talking about how one person feels about it or even 50 or 100 people. If I got 100 emails saying, no, don't do that. It's not me. It's like, well, uh, this got 518,000 views, 100 is the is this tiny is a rounding error it's like even if all of them speak up and that's that's why you should never read the comments and should always pay attention to the data um so some of the takeaways um from our um the clips with the most reach on instagram from the podcast uh is it safe to buy a gt3 rs how fast uh is a porsche 911 turbo s really uh comparing the turbo s other things uh, calling out the wealthy YouTubers out there, uh, shitting on the uh, Omega Swatch collab, the Moon Swatch, and asking just asking questions: Is Elon Musk really a genius or just a good marketer? And these are all video clips. These were video said. clips, yeah. right? So the takeaways are that uh, almost all drivers of new traffic are reels from the podcast. Uh, as opposed to teasers for car review videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, Porsche keywords in the thumbnails work exceptionally well, as do financial advice, giving financial advice about investing in cars or talking about rich people and money. Should rich people invest in a new Ford Lightning? I'm going to make that center card today. Well, finan- the golden combination, according to our study of our of our social media is the combine the intersection of financial advice and the word Porsche. People come to us to f- to learn if they should invest in a Porsche. That is the that is the number one re- reason that people engage with our content. Is it time to invest in a 911 that you can tow with a Ford Lightning? Okay. Right. Uh, in terms of Instagram engagement, still post interactions are down thirty eight percent. No, Instagram has stopped feeding people still images. They're trying to be TikTok. 100%, yes. Um, If you click on someone's profile, you may notice on Instagram, if you see a post and you go, oh, let me check out that person's profile, and you click, it takes you to their reels. It doesn't even take you to their static feed anymore. So, uh, and no one's looking at stories. Still post interactions down 38%. This is in the last six months. Yeah. Story interactions down 24%. Uh, real interactions up 90% and video interactions are up 48%. 
So uh, podcast reel clips are the driver of overall engagement. Engagement with photos is steadily decreasing with the exception of the YouTuber face. If, you make, you, if you're going to do a still photo, got to make the YouTuber face. Um, interestingly, um, podcast clips are generating new traffic to the podcast, but Instagram not really bringing any traffic to the YouTube channel. In fact, most of our, almost all of our new followers don't even see us as car reviewers. They see us as podcasters. Um, a lot of people don't even know that we review cars. They only know us from the podcast. Um, all of our, almost all of our new followers are learning who I am and who you are from this, this podcast. Um, and uh, let's see, in terms of uh, TikTok, the the we go follow us on TikTok. We've never promoted it, but we have a TikTok channel at Smoking posting Tire. a lot of podcast clips, and we've just agreed based on this data to increase podcast clips on TikTok. Uh, highest performing TikTok post: Did Audi get it wrong? That's where Audi uh, was not entirely forthcoming about how their all-wheel drive system worked in the RS3. Calling people out. Um, is the uh, the biggest performer on TikTok. So uh, controversial call-outs is what uh, drives um, the content on the TikTok. And podcasting thumbnails, things that we learned about making thumbnails for the podcast. Um, do not include the podcast guest in the thumbnail. Uh, proving what Spike said to us several years ago, about um, people come to this podcast for us and not necessarily for the guest, um, which is an interesting takeaway. Uh, podcasts in the studio perform better than the ones in the outside uh, in, in remote shows, which is an unfortunate truth, uh, sad but true. We learned that at Pikes Peak. The Pikes Peak shows were very fun. I'm glad we got to go to Pikes Peak. Ultimately, not a winning formula, though. I wonder um, if that has something to do with the center card, where like someone whose eyes are used to browsing their referred their you know yep. stuff, and they see the studio, but now they see two dudes standing on a mountain in front of a frunk or something, yeah, and they just don't recognize it's us. Yeah, winning center card, me in front of that logo. That's actually the next the next bullet point. I got to sit on this side in front of that logo uh, always. Um, keywords associated with money outperform all other clips. The words buy, wealthy, heavy hitters, $100,000 plus, and purchase. Those are the, the highest performing keywords associated with podcast thumbnails. Yellow text performs better than white for closed captioning and uh, overlays. And that's it. Um, there's some other stuff, but those are, those are the big takeaways. And so I just, um, you know... I don't, I don't really like calling people out or to, you know, and I feel very uncomfortable about giving financial advice. I always try to hedge that with, you know, to do your, do your own due diligence and be careful investing all your money into stuff. And it's, um, it's, it sucks that that is the content that is engaged with the most and that there's such a formula for getting people to engage with it. It's, um... You know, I was talking about it on Twitter this morning with, with some folks that were complaining about, like, I think it started with um, 
uh, the late break show guys mm-hmm. were bitching about all caps and, and exclamation oh, points. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that was another one. That was another one to use more exclamation points. Exclamation points drives more engagement. In the Lincoln bio thing, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Tavares had a really good response to that. Was just like, oh fuck, I'm gonna no, it's n- it's not uh, it's not even it like it's not the content creator's fault. It's not even necessarily the software platform creator's fault. It's our dumb monkey brains, right? Like this is just this is just data saying what people engage with the most, and like. No one's like forcing anyone to engage with one thing versus another. Now, granted, if the software knows people engage with certain things more, they're going to feed them more of what they engage with. But it starts with people engaging it. So, but I mean, this isn't new. Like the news has been doing this sure. for twenty years. Like they kind of figured it out in the early two thousands. Like the twenty four hour news cycle, drama pulls people in. You can keep them there, whether yeah. it's. Controversy, or I mean, the tabloids work on controversy. Right. The news can work on fear or controversy. Tabloid covers probably had their thumbnail, their thumbnail and text overlay game is tight. Yeah. We should we should have been looking to the Inquirer like a decade ago. I mean, yellow text. Like, yeah. That that's probably why they use it, and we are not the only people that use a uh, yellow text in our um, center cards. Yeah, but um, it's like we we as humans, it's just it's disappointing to me because it's almost like the 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 it the more that stuff like this matters the less the content inside matters very true you know and and for those of you who follow us very carefully on Instagram you may have noticed that there was a clip that the team posted um over the weekend or maybe it was Friday I don't remember if it was Friday over the weekend but they had clipped something that was it was cut from a bigger conversation, and I had them. Well, Zach had them take it down, but I I requested that they get a, a better clip from the same conversation that might have been a little less controversial, but that better explained what I was actually saying within the context of the conversation. We were having a conversation about that about people going faster during the the pandemic when the roads were empty Mm -hmm. and then now that the roads are full again but they got that taste of speeding now they're driving aggressively and angry because they can't speed anymore and if you cut in a certain place it made it sound like i was just sort of endorsing people with very powerful cars to be able to drive 100 miles an hour all the way but seen in in a bigger context it made it was it was more in the spirit of what I was actually saying, like. But cut the original way, it was more controversial sounding and therefore more engaging. And if you hire people to drive engagement, they're gonna do what the formula says. So I had to sort of say to these guys, like, look, I understand why you cut this like this. I appreciate what you're doing, but I'd really like the clips if we have to. If we have to give up some of that controversial engagement at the expense of, you know, ultimate numbers, but in order to make it a little more accurate to what was actually said. Yeah, because that's that's what will help us sleep at night. Right. You know, because that's <laughs> yeah. what will be there, you know, online forever yeah. in theory. And we want to make sure that we can stand behind everything that was posted. And if you take the context out of something, as we all know from 
whatever news organizations or something like you can take something out of context you lose the meaning of what's actually being said even if the context totally is easily discoverable of course even if it was like no no just listen to the the whole podcast and you'll you'll see what i was talking about it was not this like malicious thought where i'm encouraging people who have six figure you know sports cars to just drive 100 miles an hour everywhere that's not what i was saying but by the time you even get to that you're so far behind the ball yeah, and it started from us wondering if these new speed limiter laws in UK and Europe that are proposed are coming from a place of are there more accidents happening at high speeds? Right. Or are they trying to crack down on people speeding in 35 mile per hour zones? Or is it just like a farce and kind of a straw man uh, in an attempt to like get some sort of traffic safety through, but it's really just putting these, you know, restrictive laws on the cars? Like, right. So that's what we we're curious about. Yeah. So anyway, I that's. That's the uh, that's the social media report. That's that's how you guys all behave when when presented with our content. So if you don't like what that sounded like, engage with my cat posts more. I mean, <laughs> I, bet, I bet people could look at their own viewing behavior on YouTube. I, I, I could do it easily and just go, what are my what am I clicking on more? Look back at your history and see like, are you clicking on things that have a certain center card mm-hmm. versus another thing? Even if it's the subject matter is the same, or like, where do your eyes go first when you go to your home YouTube page? Even if you don't click on where you're drawn first, because you go, wait, I, I don't want to watch that channel, but like you're looking at it. Yeah. So the psychology works. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It's 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 weird that it works, and it's it's. You know, we've talked about the, the, the perils of on-demand content feeding you what the algorithm thinks you want to see based on your engagement. It's not always – it's not the way to, like, get smarter. It's not the way to, um, to appreciate the nuance in anything. But, you know, we get this sort of uh, serotonin kind of endorphin thing going mm-hmm. based on how – certain titles and center cards are are written and then we engage with that content we also engage with negative content we engage with uh people calling out other people we engage with we you know it's like when when i we say something very nice about a car it's oh you're being paid off mm-hmm. and if you say something negative about a car it's oh you're finally being honest it's like actually you are you you viewer are falling victim to these the way the brain waves process this information. But but, but it's it's so it's wired in us so deeply. Yeah. Like we you know fear is one of our is our strongest response system. Anger is very strong. Like more than lust, more than sex, um, and couple that with like our brain being trained to see like shiny fruits and foods. And that's like where this shit all comes from. The wiring is very deep in there. Yeah. But there's just a way to use it to, you know, market your YouTube video. Which right. Is very weird. Right. Um, all right. Let's go to the Patreon page. Of course, patreon.com slash the smoking tire podcast. Get in this game if you would, please. You can, uh, you can have our, our podcast advertising free. You can listen to live shows. You don't have to wait until Tuesday, Thursday. You get the show the day it's recorded. All kinds of benefits to being a patron. Ted Theo Logan says, thinks that I mentioned recently that SC 911s don't require the top end rebuild like the Carreras. Did I hear that correctly? Unfortunately, Ted Theodore Logan, you did not hear that correctly. They all require the top end rebuild. What they don't require is um, Carreras have bad valve guides that get 
that that break down and they get blow by and they get real smoky. So if you're servicing an SC properly, it does need the top end rebuild, but it's not as expensive of a top end rebuild as the Carrera because you probably won't have to replace all the valve guides. That's that's a thing with all the Carreras. Um, so. Fortunately, cheaper to maintain uh, an SC than a Carrera, especially the first time. The valve guides are a one-time thing. So you still have to do the top end rebuild every 100K, but the first one, the one at 100K, will be the most expensive because you have to replace these parts with better parts, and those parts, the the second time, those parts should not have failed. Um, Daniel Berman, what is the most overt attempt at corporate bribery you've seen an OEM display at a press event? Um, well, I heard a funny one recently that was um, the trip to that battery maker in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. I can't remember the name of the company. But, you know, a Vinfast. Lot of, Vinfast. So, like, we got invites. A lot of our friends and, and uh, you know, people in this game, like, went. And... Um, I was talking to a journalist who, who I will let remain nameless just in case they don't want this out there, but they did the math on what that trip would cost to like recreate, mm-hmm. and it was actually only a few hundred dollars. Oh, really? So it lo- because it's so cheap to do things there. Yeah, yeah. So it looked like, we're, I mean, and they got, a t- like, everyone who went, I think, had a pretty good time, but it wasn't a super high dollar, tens of thousands of dollar kind of trip. Right. And they went, well, I don't know if I want to go, basically be paid a few hundred dollars to spend a week looking at this battery company. Yeah. So that was kind of a funny one. It was the flip side where like normally you go, well, you're going to get flown to the Arctic on your private jet and landed and go drifting AMGs. And right, this was right. like, actually, you could do this yourself without having to do the advertising for them. I mean, <clears throat> you know, Zach and I were flown to Steamboat Springs and and put up in a nice hotel and all that to to fundamentally drive a crossover on all season tires and snow. Um, tire stuff is some of the least exciting and engaging content out there. Now, it's important, and if you're grassroots motorsports doing a tire test or something like that, you know, there's there's certainly room for tire media, but it's not exactly exciting. Um, the moat, but and so that that was quite a lot of money, money and time spent to to talk about an all season tire uh, in snow. But like the by far the most egregious was when the Saudi government offered me fifty thousand dollars to go to the Saudi SEMA, and I said no. Other people definitely went and took their fucking money. Um, I didn't want to reputation wash the Saudi government and and do that. Um, I realized other people who've sponsored our content don't always have perfectly clean hands, but like. And I, I can't be responsible for like everybody doing it. But this was like peak Khashoggi, yeah. <laughs> right? This was like straight, like the saw was still plugged in. Yeah, this was peak fucking Khashoggi shit. And they're like, come to our progressive country and talk about cars. Like, yeah, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. And they were just straight offering cash and other manufact. I mean, if you, if you see a manufacturer that has a press launch. And that press launch is awfully full of influencers as opposed to journalists. They're being paid. I mean, influencers literally go on the same press launches that us journalists go on, except in their goodie bag, where for us there will be a fucking hat 
and a name no tag. Yeah. There'll be a check in that bitch. I think it depends on the influencer, but I think it go it ranges from they're just simply brought on the trip and they're excited to be on the trip, you know, kind of like an early journalist. I, I, I have confirmation to, that they are paid sometimes. Uh, no, I know. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say there's a range. Oh, yeah. That's where I was going. Yeah. There, there's definitely money that it changes. Absolutely. For sure. Um, that's the most overt overt is cash. That's that's yeah. the most overt <laughs> thing I've seen. Um, uh, Miguel Flores, favorite compliance cars or most hated? Um, compliance cars are cars like the Aston Martin Signet, where you had to build something to uh, in order to to they they did it to get around emissions I think I mean not, to change their average I think yeah, yeah the corporate fuel economy average so they could continue building a naturally aspirated V12 for a couple more years right I mean how many compliance cars are there it's I, not like that's I the only one I know many. of yeah uh, I mean if we do want to make it like cars that are strictly designed to off to change the average but the large OEMs they don't have that as much because they know like like if when if when dodge builds an ev it's not just to offset hellcat emissions it's because they need to grab the ev market well i think the way it works is the parent company so they had fiat and and fiat with the 500 and the 500 well the 500e but also just the regular 500 i think that offset a bunch plus they were buying credits from tesla um I mean, other than the Signet, I literally can't think of a single other compliance. There might be more in Europe. Uh, you know, Mercedes has like the the tiny like the the B class or whatever it is, the tiny little. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really know. I mean, the Signet is so. Uh, Wikipedia has. A, a few, but none of them are actually that interesting. It's like the Chevy Spark 500e, Ford Focus Electric, Honda Fit EV. These are all, you know, big manufacturers. The Fit EV is like a pretty nice little car. I think. I think. Probably. I mean, I like the regular Fit. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't yeah. know. But yeah, I think the Signet wins because it's like everything else they it's build. So ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, it's like a yacht. It's like a tender for a yacht. It's like a boogie board for a yacht. I mean, it's a tiny two-seat front-wheel drive thing when it is nothing like the rest of their car. Yeah, it's nothing, very silly. Nothing. Uh, Dustin Bateman wants a recommendation. If you could recommend one car factory for someone to tour, what would it be? Is there a factory you want to tour but haven't yet? I've never been to Ferrari. You went to Ferrari. I did. Was it awesome? It's pretty good. Yeah? It's pretty good. I um I mean the new the new factory is so high tech. There's like a rainforest in the middle of it to keep the humidity right yeah. and the temp right. I mean, it's so cool to see that. And then if they give you access to it to like their F1 storage area, that's insane because yeah. it's just all these championship winning cars parked next to each other. Um, and then you can go to the Ferrari Museum, which is like down the street, so you get to see. You get to see like where it started because you can see Enzo's old house, so you see where it started, how it's built now, and then uh, all of their history in the museum. So that's mm. a pretty good one to see in, in all in close proximity. The wildest one I ever went to was Morgan, You're right? At Malvern in the UK because it's like there's nothing like that. It's just it's it's a wood shop. It's fucking crazy. Like, I really want to go to Pagani. Oh, that's I really yeah, that want to like see a good that. One. Yeah, you know, something where that's just hand built. 
I mean, that is so special. Koenigsegg is very interesting in terms of, um, well, they're they're building that giant new one, but the the original Koenigsegg factory is really small, mm-hmm. and they can only. I think they build four or five cars at a time, and that's really it. Um, and how few people there were actually there working on the cars, and and it was a very small team. And so to see, to be in this little town and see this like little kind of unassuming uh, place, but with a runway out back, is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, but Morgan was just the weirdest. I mean, it was just that's it's unlike any other factory because it's like. It's a hundred years old. Right, it's gravity powered. Yeah, it's it's kind of like Morgan's a, a way to look at how cars were built mm-hmm. eighty years ago, mm-hmm. and then uh, Ferrari is a little bit of like mm, kind of pretty modern. I mean, the assembly line is very modern. And then like, McLaren like, like is Corvette, like same thing. Yeah, the well, the Corvette is like that's an old school looking right. factory. I think they retooled it for C eight, but yeah, that factory looks old as fuck. I mean, yeah. it had old bones for sure. Yeah. And then, you know, they're assembling brand new cars, which is an interesting thing to see. Like this is how, what I liked about the factory tour, the Ferrari one and the Corvette one is you're seeing how the thing is made. Cause all we usually are exposed to is the finished product and how fast it is and how exciting it is. And it looks really shiny. But like, no, no, this is built by people with steel and, you know, big old ass pulleys and things. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, C. Brooks is going to Miami and wants to rent a car from Turo and wants a recommendation. Um, options include uh, a 2020 STI, a Mini Cooper S with a stick, a 2022 Miata, 2014 Boxer S PDK, 2012 M3 convertible stick, or a 2021 Kia Forte GT stick. Uh, like Miami's like, there aren't, I mean, he's, he uses the words back roads right. in the <laughs> intro. There really aren't a lot of back roads in Miami. I'm not really sure what back roads he's talking about here. I mean, I'd probably say... Uh, I would go Boxer PDK. He said he wants to learn rear-wheel drive, which I, I don't really know what you... I mean, there's not, I'm not trying to like make fun of you. I don't know what that means. Like, are you trying to just feel the difference between all-wheel drive, front-wheel drive? Are you trying to like learn the dynamics? Because unless you're on a track or something like, yeah, like where are you going to be like breaking traction in your Turo car? To... Right. Like, you, I mean, you'll be able to feel where the thrust is coming from. It will feel different than all-wheel drive or front-wheel drive. I recommend the Boxer because there is traffic in Miami, and you might get stuck in it. And you have PDK, which you will love, and it's like. Put the top down, and it sounds good, and it's you know quick enough, and all that stuff. Uh, that's what I would do. Yeah, I'd probably just get the Porsche. I mean, it's it's got it's gonna have the uh, the trunk space, but also it's gonna be a convertible. It's also like a pretty nice feeling car. Yeah, assuming it's not like totally beat. Right. Um, the M3 is very expensive. It's a stick, and if you don't know much about driving a rear-wheel drive car, I worry that you will try to explore that yeah. education in that car and wrap it around something. Yeah. So don't do that. Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably get just get the Porsche. Uh, it's uh, Alex, hey, um, what response have you heard to the fish mouth air duct criticism for the Corvette? I've never even heard that criticism. Um, you mean the C8 or the C7? I'm assuming they mean the C, he means the C8. I don't know. I, I we'll move on from that. I don't. Um, okay. I mean, I've not like, heard that that uh, fish mouth air duct criticism. Which 
I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. It just looks like a. I don't. I don't. I don't yeah. see it. Um, it's, it. They need it to cool things off. That's, yeah, that's what I probably would. does the thing. Uh, Bud uh, two fifteen wants to complain that Cadillac uh, does not sell the CT four V series, the four cylinder one, not the Black Wing, with a manual transmission. Um, I drove the CT four V series non Black Wing. Didn't like it at all. <laughs> Thought it was terrible. With all wheel drive one? Uh, that was a CT5 V series. Oh. The four series was rear wheel drive, but I didn't like it at all. Um, I, yeah, I mean, it would probably be nice if they sold that, but I can't, I can't explain the business case for it. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Shucky Ducky Quack Quack. Do any newer affordable electric power steering cars have actual good steering feel? Steering, good steering feel is relative. Um, it's, 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 it's just like there's, it's dog, she says dog shit compared to a good hydraulic rack. Where, where is the, like. Well, it's which hydraulic rack. Yeah. And I mean, I agree. Like, what is your definition of good? Like our definition, my definition of good is. Can I sense what the front wheels are doing under load? Yeah. And is the is the weight of uh, the steering the right amount? It's not too heavy. It's not too light. It feels uh, correct for the amount of load being put onto the tire. So I would say like the Civic Type R, relatively affordable car. You know, in the in the 40s, uh, get a used one, maybe a little bit less. And that I think has pretty damn good steering feel for anything that costs less than ninety thousand dollars with mm-hmm. with an electronic system. Yeah. Um, I mean, affordable. Does the what's what is an affordable car with really good Miata's steering? Okay, I think Just that's okay. pretty good. Um, I didn't I didn't love the new one that much. I didn't think it doesn't was. the eighty six have electric power steering? I think the eighty six. I feel like the eighty six has electric. Oh, the power, new one. The new current eighty six has electric power steering, and that that has very good feel. Doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah, the eighty-six. Yes, that's the most affordable. Yes. Yeah, that's the best and most affordable. Yeah, the answer the answer is eighty-six. There's there, your Venn diagram. I think so. Uh, Sean Finney says, "How do you, how would you spend eighty k across a two car garage, one sports car? Yeah, I would I would have some kind of crossover. Uh, I'd probably have like a used, you know, SUV or truck for utilitarian things, and then like a nice newish." Sports car, mm-hmm. if I could. Something that, that lets you experience mo- the most of the world. Yeah. So that's why the two-car solution good, is a, a good, good one. A good spread. Yeah. yeah. Like a, you know, like a like a Grand Cherokee and a, a used Boxster. Something like that, maybe. Right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I'd, I'd want to co- I'd want to cover my two my two occasions, right? Like I'd want a I'd want a fun weekend car, and then I'd want something that I could use that a fun weekend car that could be driven daily without it being annoying. Yeah. Like I wouldn't want like a car with like an aerial atom or something. Like Boxster's good because you could just use it as a car. You don't you're not giving anything up. Um, and then you'd want something that's a little more trucky that could handle bad weather. That could maybe tow, maybe haul some stuff, maybe do a little off roading, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Um. 
Micah Moore has been trying to order a Camaro ZL1 1LE. They still make those for over a year, but got rolled into a 23 order. If that doesn't work out, do you have recommendations for seventy to ninety-five thousand dollars for a fun manual car, no, without a four-cylinder? Yeah, Boxster. Uh, I mean, not a four-cylinder. I mean, do they still make the M2 of the manual? Yes. Yeah, I mean, M- that's M2. A good one. M2 would be good for sure. Boxster's a good one. Cayman's a good one. Yeah, I mean, same l- car, but um, yeah. I don't know if you're getting into a GTS, which is a six-cylinder for 90, maybe slightly used uh, for a GTS for six-cylinder. you can, because I think 95 is where they started with the 25-year. Yeah, maybe. So I think you could just get into a GTS. You're on the edge of G- G- Boxster G- G- or Cayman GTS is very, very nice. That's pretty good. Yeah, they're awesome. I'd probably start with that. M2 is a good choice, though, as well. I mean, your options space. are very limited. Yeah. High-end manual sports cars, there's like three. Yeah. There's, no, there's just not, the options just are not there. What did Jaguar put the manual in now? Or is it gone in the F-Type? Oh, there's no manual. Remember. Yeah, they made they made 2017, 18. They made it for a year, V6S. You yeah. Get a, you get a manual, but like, there's so few. I mean, that's, that's like C7 Corvette Z06 money. There's a uh, regular M3, non-comp. Yeah. That you could do that, or M4. Yeah. Um, I'd go It's M3 not a great for... manual, but... It is not. It is not. It has one. I think at this point in time, in, in the world we live in, the, it's like, do you want a manual? What's your price point? And then maybe you get to choose if it's a good one, unfortunately. Yeah. Or you go older. I mean, you can... If it's, Ooh, if it's Mustang, not Mach 1. Mustang Mach 1. Oh, yeah. Which is actually Mustang less Mach than 1. your budget. Yeah, it's 65 grand. That manual's way better than the the M3s. It's got the Tremec. Yep. Yeah, oh, that's a good good, good one there. Mustang Mach 1. Yeah, that works. Um, Christopher Goebel, thoughts on L.A. thinking about banning the construction of new gas stations? I'm totally okay with that. we got plenty of gas stations. So many. We have so many gas stations. We do not need more gas stations. Like, that's fine. Ban new gas stations. Like, they're not getting rid of existing ones necessarily, but if there's a gas station in Los Angeles that can't make it financially, fine, go away. Like, but like, it, I, I think there's enough. I mean, as far as, as far as where I drive, there are many. Yeah. Maybe there are gas station deserts, like there are grocery deserts. I don't know. There but might I be. I have always seen lots of gas. Like, it's. My commute is four miles and change from my house to here, and I pass one. Two, three, four, five. I pass five gas stations between my house and here. We don't need more. There's, who is, like, where is the gas station desert? Where is anyone considering building a new gas station? I mean, that's a go- another good question. Where is there space for it? Yeah. I I no, I, I, I don't think that's a problem. I think, yeah, they could ban new gas stations. That's fine. Um, Jack Riley, where do we see... I feel like we've answered this question recently. Um, where do you see automotive journalism and press jobs going in the next 20 years? Will the consistent decrease in our attention spans continue to push press into shorter form media? Um, I think yes. I mean, there's people that are that I have like basically never heard of before um, that are not like employed by any major media outlets or whatever that have like. Four million followers on TikTok mm-hmm. doing press short form content with press cars, and it seems like they're doing a good job at that. It seems like they are 
their their audiences are happy with whatever it is that they're doing um and like yeah it just it just evolves i mean yeah. it, it'll it'll just evolve like anything else i think i mean the, the internet killed print media didn't it um and a lot of the same people evolved and some of them didn't and retired and whatever um i think I do think we'll see an evolution, and I don't think it will keep getting shorter because TikTok has now expanded the maximum length of a video to like 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So everything was, it's like, you know, TikTok was really popular for 15 second videos for a while, but the audience wanted <clears throat> either more stuff or people wanted to make longer things. So they adjusted that. So now you can get longer form content. So I don't think, I don't think we're in this race where everything's going to continually get shorter, shorter, shorter down to like three second things. I think it's just, the style of the content is definitely evolving. Like some of the car TikTok stuff is not a review. It is mm -hmm. a 100% basically dealer presentation yeah. spoken at 2X basically. Sure. So I feel like the question is not so much will the length of the media change, but like are we going to lose objectivity as more and more influencer people just kind of take up the space? Yeah, I mean well, like we said a few minutes ago, it if an if a manufacturer is choosing to give a press loan vehicle to someone who's really trying to be objective and critical of the car versus someone that either you're paying or that you know will just say kind of what you want them to say they have that choice right. and they're going to they're going to lean that way they've already started to you know press launches used to be pretty much all journalists and now they're half journalist half half influencer eventually they might be all influencers you know, and that's that's worse for the consumer. Mm -hmm. um, but what are you gonna do? Right. Uh, Elon Musk is suspicious. Forty three. Have we noticed any dip in collectible car pricing so far in this recessionary climate? I think so. Yes. Um, I I mean I don't I don't watch every auction and every every you know i don't spend all of my time going through collector car listings but um doug on twitter who owns an auction site has said that um he had a lot of people uh you know shoot the moon on their reserve price on cars and bids uh over the last few months not realizing that that was like last year's prices and that things are are down um and now they want to come back. They didn't make reserve. They set their reserve too high. And now they want to come back in the market with last year's reserve again. You know, they have. They thought they could sell it somewhere else. They blamed cars and bids. They blamed mm. whatever. But they just wanted too much money. Um, and so when we prepare clients here at Westside Collector Car Storage, we help them sell their cars on auction sites. We encourage them to sell the car at no reserve. Just if you want the car gone, we will do everything we can to present the car accurately, to promote it to everyone we can promote it to, to get the most eyeballs possible on it. And ultimately, it will bring market price. And that market price may not be what you think it is, but if you get this thing in front of enough people, it's going to be what the market is for the car. Yeah. Um, so I mean, we're seeing because interest rates have gone up so they're starting to see an increase in repossessions yeah. of people's car loans and it's actually happening kind of across the price board you know from a $20,000 loan to a $90,000 loan oh you're telling me people were living above their means right no way because it's 0% interest right yeah. but now the interest rates have fluctuated so 
people were also financing collector cars yeah. for the last two years oh, a yeah. lot. Um, and so if they're, if those interest rates have now risen, then the prices are going to come down. The prices of everything and, are going to come down. Yeah, and the watch market as well. I mean, a lot of the fucking crazy watch prices where Rolexes and APs and Pateks are three or four times X MSRP was driven by crypto money, basically free money. You know, some people who got in early and saw their fucking gains a thousand X or whatever it was, were just blowing cash on shit. And it felt like free money to them. So they didn't give a fuck, you know, and and so they were just spending it and they didn't care what anything cost. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, you know, very expensive cars um, driven by crypto gains. And now that a lot of those gains have evaporated, people are selling off their shit or not willing to pay a, a massive premium for that type of stuff. I mean, we're seeing asset values drop across the board. S&P yeah. 500, everything is down real significantly. Yeah. So that's gonna cool prices on yeah. luxury goods and fun things like collector cars. Yep. Uh, Norse Force, what are our thoughts on synthetic fuels? I think synthetic fuels are very interesting. Mm -hmm. And if you can, if we could find a way to keep our existing gas station infrastructure, our in existing internal combustion um, engines that we've spent a hundred years evolving to be relatively efficient in the best case scenarios. If we can stop climate change or drastically improve the negative effects of the combustion engine on climate change, and if we can have a renewable uh, resource that doesn't have terrible uh, side effects, like great, you know, a clean burning combustion engine in the overall life cycle of the vehicle is probably cleaner than a giant 130 kilowatt battery pack, um, even if there's tailpipe emissions. So if synthetic fuels eliminate tailpipe emissions in the way that we're used to, and allow us to build the car in a cleaner way than mining all these rare earth metals, great. And if the creation of those synthetic fuels is also a clean process, because mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. the big thing is you, to get energy, you have to put in it, put in energy. And so of course. If, if the energy process is also clean, then like that would definitely be the golden goose. Right, and there are obviously like specific uh, things, but but uh, that I that I don't know everything about. I'd like to talk to someone more about about it. But the general concept of it is like, yeah, worth researching for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Anthony Loyakino, word on the Cadillac Lyric review. Uh, haven't haven't booked one. Uh, will will are there pre are there press cars yet? They had the launch, so I imagine the they'll be in the fleet soon. But man, they are pretty. I think it's a very good looking car. Um. Uh, Wesley wants to know what we think about ceramic coating. We use ammo reflex. Um, it's far less toxic than your typical ceramic coating application, and it 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 comes off after about two years, um, as opposed to there's not really a lot of science on what to do after the 10 years of your ceramic coating are up. I know people are into it. I'm not that into it myself, um, but I like the ammo reflex. Larry's done a lot of research on that. Yes. Uh, I, well, okay, this is a tough one. Nathan Bouvain, on May 31st, I purchased a new Acura Integra. Dealership said they're experiencing issues 
registering the vehicle. So they asked me to take the car home with a dealer plate with a couple weeks, take the car home with a dealer plate, bring it back in a few days to finish the paperwork. Uh, when I brought the car back, they said they cannot sell that car to me because it was a dealer car and you should wait two weeks for the replacement. It's been over a month now. What should I do? That sounds like fuckery, right? Like I guess, I don't know, call the BBB? Like, yeah, I mean, like, they sold you a... They took your money for a car that's, like, not yours? Like, I mean, did they fuck up? Because I, I don't know how this works, but my, my only thought is, did they fuck up and try and sell you a car that they actually are not allowed to sell you because it was registered? I, I don't know. Yeah. Like, was it something where okay. some, a salesman went, I am very sorry. I have totally fucked this up. Like, we're not allowed to sell this car. You know, if, if you return it and you go back in two weeks and it's not there, then you have big questions. Like... Yeah, like, and have you, has, he, has he paid? Like, I mean, I... I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's... I would... I need to speak to the fucking... I would go in there and demand to speak to the general manager and get a very detailed explanation of what went wrong, why were you allowed to take... I've... By the way, you, now that I'm a dealer, I know this. A, a, it, is, it is not legal for you to, to buy a car and then drive it home on dealer tags. A dealer tag can only be used for an up to 48 hours customer test drive. So like, if you agreed to the dealer to test drive a car for two days, they could put a dealer plate on it and you could drive it. But Hmm. if they sell you a car, it can't be going home with you on a dealer tag. Like that's very, very strange. Um, This is in California. I don't know what state this is in, but I mean, I would literally, Put physically sit in that dealer, um, and if you gave them money, and yeah. If there was, if you signed, you know, the contract for all that stuff, like, yeah, talk to the GM. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I would be. Let us know what happened. I'd be up in their business, but there's, there's information that is not in this note. Um, I mean, it sounds like someone tried to sell you a dealer demo car, like expecting the car you expecting a car to show up that they could actually sell you that was like identical yeah maybe but then it didn't but it seems like fuckery i i don't understand that it seems like fuckery but somebody fucked up (laughs) uh tim what are your favorite slow cars to drive fast fiesta st yeah doesn't get a lot better than that something with the turbo is a good time yeah miata miata yeah Kind of over driving slow cars fast. I get to drive fast cars fast now. Um, Angbar, what car would you drive to Radwood for under 20K? My wife's uh, Nissan POW is about as about as cool as it gets. She had, We get a lot of compliments on that fucker. Can you get a Nissan, what is it, the GTST, the four-door one? Can you get those for under 20? Probably. Which one? The four-door GTR. Remember the sedans uh, we saw? The yeah, the, drive the, ones? the sedans are the GTST sedans have never been. They, they. I mean, they're desirable, but they don't have the crazy yeah, the yeah. GTRs do. I think I'd take that. They're pretty cool. They're nice old cars. Um, Adrian Pulido wants to talk about auto loan payments. The uh, the average payment is seven hundred dollars now. Well, it's. I'm not surprised. Um, you know, people want new cars but but can't really afford them and focus on 
uh, monthly payments instead of their overall, uh, you know, the overall cost of the car. Yeah. They don't do both sides of the math. Um, oh, wow, those interest rates. Oh, that's oh, that's not interest rates. Sorry, that chart says portion of auto financing accounts that have been thirty or more days past due uh, by state. So uh, the, the northern part of the country really is all right with their auto payments, except for New York. Yeah, there's like the whole north, ranging you know from east to west, basically is like average about five percent have been yeah. over thirty days, but down in. Texas is 10%, uh, Louisiana is almost 13, Oof. Alabama is Mi- 15. Yeah, Mississippi is extremely fucked. Mississippi's wow. 15. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, well, it even says down in that bottom paragraph, one factor could be a state's poverty level. Uh, some of the states shown so have the highest rates of delinquency. Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Texas, and the Carolinas all have poverty levels above the national average. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we, we want new things and we can't always afford them yeah and people you know whether it's scammy dealer behaviors where it's predatory lending yeah predatory lending or you know we finance anybody buy here pay here you know people want new and even if it's not that like that is a huge huge problem but even if it's just normal dealership whatever our culture is really excited to get a new thing and and we've had people in the comments talk about they work at dealerships and people are coming in with a, a, a two-year-old truck i remember this comment someone brought in a two-year-old like ram 2500 they wanted to roll it into a brand new 2022 ram whatever and they they still owed like seventy three thousand dollars on the existing truck and the truck they wanted was like 92 and it's just like your truck's two years old and, yeah. and so the only argument for it that I saw was someone saying, maybe it's for a business, it's a write-off, et cetera, et cetera. But if it's not, then you're just rolling more debt into this new loan, which has yeah. been kind of an ongoing thing for the last, I don't know, decade or so. And yeah. it's putting people in a hole that they I don't think they're totally aware of. It's almost like 2008 didn't happen. We don't remember. We don't remember anything ever about we how don't. our country works. No, we are we really bad at remembering this exact fucking thing. Our memory, much like a stock graph, goes up <laughs> and then goes back down. And yeah. goes back up and goes back down. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that our, uh, that's our show. Thank you for listening. We actually, tomorrow, I, we have a Senna for 24 hours, which yeah. um, we're the, probably the last people to not drive the Senna. Uh, but but McLaren was kind enough to say, hey, did you did you ever get to have a go in the Senna? And I was like, no. And they're like, we will make sure that that happens. So it's like a 2019 model year press car. Okay. Something. I don't care. But we'll we get, take it. We get a Senna for a day, so that's fun. And we're driving the, uh, the BMW 230, which is actually quite nice i've i've had it for four days and i really actually enjoyed it Hmm. it's lively and feels light on its feet and uh it's a actually quite a compelling little car um but uh i still can't figure out how to turn it off what do you mean you turn it off and then shit everything fucking stays on you have to lock the doors you hit lock yeah yeah, well, if it's parked in your own garage, can you go into user settings and change the things? There, so that I, it... I haven't tried to do that okay. yet. But it, in in my own garage, if I don't lock it, my fucking CarPlay stays connected to it. I'm up in the kitchen, 
And I'm like, why is the Wi-Fi not on my house? And I go to turn the Wi-Fi, and it says disconnect CarPlay. And it's like, I walked away from the car 10 minutes ago. What are yeah. we doing? Especially when it's like you're you're 30-plus feet away for yeah. a long time. It should have some sort of timeout feature. Yeah. I don't know if it does. Like garages are like in homes. <laughs> like right. You park in the garage. It's like you're, you're, you're not far away after yeah. that. Yeah. I don't know. Well, maybe I'll, I'll play with the setting before we film it. Hopefully, we sort that out. Uh, please go to our YouTube channel and watch our videos. Um, especially if there's a clip of this saying to do that. Um, uh, and uh, we'll see you uh, later this week after we have 24 hours with a McLaren Senna. And we have guests and stuff booked um, for the next uh, few weeks. There's been a bunch of shows with just Zach and I, but um, we do have some guests coming. It was... Sorry. What happened there? It was our. Uh, it was it, we had a busy month and didn't get to schedule a lot of guests, but we're we're getting back. We got a game. list. It's, we got a lot of people coming in. Yeah, we do. Uh, but that's our show for today. We'll see you later. Bye.